0: Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead.
1: Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is January 13th, 2020. Materials. One sheet of paper, eight and a half by eleven four fine-tipped coloured pens, and one Sharpie. Instructions. Turn a sheet of paper on its side and draw a line down the middle. Then, on the left-hand side with the four fine-tipped coloured pens, outline all the fundamental issues impacting the outlook for an investment, including, but not limited to, the balance sheet, the income statement, management, industry trends, leverage, compensation pressure, revenue prospects, currency effects, the interest rate outlook, taxation and geopolitical risks on the right hand side with the sharpie write one word price regardless of the complexity of the issues regarding any investment at least half the story is encapsulated in the price or more precisely the valuation of that investment amid a deluge of market moving news and events at the start of 2020 long-term investors would do well to remind themselves of this fact on economic news, the December jobs report generally suggested stable growth. The payroll job gain at 145000 was slightly weaker than consensus, but not alarmingly so. Meanwhile, the labour force continued to grow faster than suggested by demographic constraints, and wage growth slowed as the labour market continued to play its part in sustaining steady and moderate economic growth. Data due out in the week ahead should show a similar trend. With the year-over-year core CPI inflation stable, and retail sales picking up in December. Industrial production may have set back in December, but readings from the Empire State and Philly Fed surveys should point to a mild rebound in early January. Following rising tensions last week, as the Iranians retaliated for the assassination of Qasim Soleimani, the risk of an all-out conflict with Iran appears to have diminished. The Iranians appear to have tried to limit the hum- human toll from their attack on Iraqi basis housing U.S. troops, and the U.S. president elected not to respond. Moreover, the tragic downing of a Ukrainian airliner by the Iranian military, with a loss of 176 civilians, may have, at least temporarily, cooled the ardor of hardliners on both sides. In another conflict which appears to be cooling down rather than heating up, China's tr- chief trade negotiator, Vice Premier, uh, Premier Liu He, will visit Washington this week to sign a phase one trade deal. Full details in the agreement have not yet been made public. However, we know that the U.S. decided not to proceed with 15% tariffs on 160 billion of Chinese goods and to cut the tariff rate on 120 billion of Chinese goods from 15% to 7.5%. But this still leaves 25% tariffs on 250 billion of Chinese goods in place. For their part, the Chinese appear to have agreed to increase purchases of U.S. goods by $200 billion over the next two years, including a major step up in agricultural purchases, and to implement intellectual property safeguards. This is clearly not an end to the US-China trade dispute, and political calculations on both sides may prevent a more comprehensive deal before the US elections. However, for the global economy, lessening trade tensions are clearly a positive. This being said, financial markets have been quick to price in fading risks. The S&P 500 is already up more than 1% for the year, following an almost 32% total return last year, while Treasury yields have drifted lower early in 2020. Rising stock prices and falling interest rates have contributed to huge portfolio gains over the last year and indeed since 2009. However, as markets have drifted higher, valuations have followed suit. For both the US equity market and the bond market, valuations are not particularly useful in predicting one-year returns. However, they are much more significant in predicting 5-year returns. More specifically, looking at the S&P 500 over the past 30 years, while the forward P-E ratio, using expected operating earnings per share, explains only 11% of the variation in 1-year rolling returns, it explains 43% of the variation in rolling 5-year returns. Uh, Similarly, the nominal yields on the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index explains only 38% of 1-year returns, but 93% of 5-year returns. On Thursday, the S&P 500 closed at 18.4 times expected EPS, well above its 30-year average. Starting from this point, history suggests a 5-year annualized return of 5.3%, plus or minus a standard error of 6.4. The Barclays Ag closed with a yield of 2.3%, suggesting a 5-year return of just 2.8%, plus or minus a standard error of just 0.6%. Neither of these appears very exciting, particularly relative to the spectacular financial market gains of the past year and past decade. However, the picture becomes even bleaker if they are combined in a 60-40 plain vanilla portfolio. To put it bluntly, a 64-weighted sum of the earnings yield in the S&P 500, which is just the inverse of the P-E ratio divided by 100, and the yield on the Barclays aggregate, on Thursday came to just 4.18%, its lowest reading in at least the last 30 years for which we drew data and indicating a very high valuation for a plain-vanilla portfolio of U.S. stocks and bonds. As is the case for stocks and bonds individually, this doesn't tell you very much about possible one-year returns. However, over five years, it suggests a total return of just 2.8%, plus or minus one standard error of 3.9%. This is important for both individual and institutional investors who have penciled in high single-digit returns on a 60-40 U.S. balance portfolio in the years ahead. While such a return is possible, it's unlikely. To achieve better returns, investors will need to consider expanding their portfolios to include more foreign stocks that are less highly valued and some alternative assets such as real estate that could provide a higher stream of income. They may also want to consider a more thoughtful approach when looking at manager selection or reducing portfolio risks. Most of all, they should remember that great past performance does not predict great future returns. Rather, the the opposite is the truth. Great past performance, which has resulted in high valuations, predicts mediocre future returns and underscores the importance of an active and flexible approach to asset allocation. Well, that's it for this week, and uh, please tune in next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative.
0: This content has been produced for information purposes only. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production.